Welcome to a, another uh, Bama Football Junkies podcast. Uh, I'm Robert. I'm Shari. And, uh, you know, it's the off season and we're trying to figure out, you know, what exactly to talk about. You know, we wanted to keep going. We didn't want to wait till the spring game. And Shari came up with this brilliant idea. Why don't you tell them more about your idea, Shari? We're going to do our all Saban team. Like you said, it's just kind of a dead period, so we figure we'll have a little fun and just do something that we know can, A, take up some time, but at the same time, something that I think everybody kind of will have fun, maybe starting a little debate. So we're going to do our All Saban series. Uh, first, obviously, we're going to start with the All Saban team. We're going to break it down first with offense tonight, uh, and then the next time we meet again, we'll be talking about our All Saban defense. Um and special teams. So we'll put those guys together. And then um, after that, we'll follow it up with the most unsung all saving team. Basically, the guys that aren't the flashiest, that you maybe were your favorite guy, even though they weren't, you know, the, the, the five star recruit. Maybe they were just the five, five year senior or the walk on that eventually got a scholarship. Those type of guys on the all saving unsung team. Uh, follow that up with the. Uh, Best recruiting classes. I think that might be one of our funnest episode or episodes because of the just the juicy uh, talent that we've gotten over the years, and we'll actually get to break down mm-hmm. each class and and what they did at Bama and what they've done um, since then. And finally, we'll wrap it up with the um, all Saban. Uh, Teams. We're just ranking all of his teams uh, from 2007 to 2015. We'll uh, give our order. We might have a few disagreements, but we'll try to come to a consensus on um, the Bama Junkie official uh, rankings of all the Saban teams. So yeah, I think that's a good five games, five episode uh, series there. Um, I know that'll at least carry us to the spring game. Definitely, right? most definitely. Okay, so um, we're doing offense today. Um, who did you feel like starting with? Did you want to start with the players, the coaches? Um, I or? figured we would start with the coach, the offensive coordinator, since we've had uh, four under Saban. Most people only remember three, but um, if you will recall, uh, we had Major Applewhite under Saban in yes. 2007. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll, I would like to start there, and then we'll you know work our way down to the players. So um, who would you uh, give as your all-Saban offensive coordinator? Uh, well, I mean, I think you got to go with Jim McElwain, don't you? Uh, you know, he's been with us the longest of any of the coordinators under Saban. Uh, came in 2008, and I believe he left in, what, 2011? Mm-hmm. After the 2011 season? That's correct. Um, we also won two national championships with him. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I, mean, I, I mean, who's to say what, you know, other coordinators will do or what other coordinators would have done? Um and, you know, while we had him, you know, he was definitely underappreciated. I True. Mean, I cursed him up and down several times. Definitely. I, I'm with you there. Yeah, so, um, uh, but, you know, with that being said, you cannot argue with the results, uh, you know, after the fact. You know, when we look back on it, uh, you know, it's kind of like how we um, – you know, feel with you know, uh, you know our our you know we were big Chicago Bulls fans, and we feel about the the centers from the from the Jordan era and how they were how they were just Luke, awful. Luke Longley, Luke Longley Bill Cartwright, Luke? you know they they seemed awful at the time, but now you look back and you realize they were they were pretty reliable. Well, more so. so Cartwright than Luke, but yeah, yeah you yeah. you do realize that they weren't as bad as they were in the moment, huh? Yeah. Um, 
Well, I, I definitely uh, understand your respect for Coach Mack. He's uh, he 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 accomplished so much while he was here, and uh, with three different quarterbacks, that's that can't be understated. But I would have to pick the guy that's there now, who's been here for the last two seasons. Yeah. I would pick Lane. Um, you know, he's another guy that you curse one minute, but you praise the next minute. And I think that's pretty much any coach, yep. honestly. Um, you know, uh, they look like geniuses when they're right, and they look like idiots when they're wrong. Uh, but Lane, I think he gave us a much-needed shot in the arm. Um, and he also gave us a little more uh, a little more uh, to go with the weapons that we gained as, as our recruiting classes got better under Nick Saban. Um you know, the talent that he, he had, A.J. McCarron, Amari Cooper, uh, T.J. Yeldon was, was, was fantastic, but he was able to craft the offense that uh, exploited, you know, that, that enhanced their talents. Whereas, you know, Coach McElwain really had to – he had to basically work with what he, we had. You know, uh, McElroy and John Parker Wilson weren't and, – and A.J. in his first year weren't exactly the most polished, the most uh, – uh, let them loose kind of guys. You would kind of call them game managers. And, but I think Lane had has got – he's got guys that are gunslingers, and he's made our offense more of, of a weapon and and something to be feared as along with our defense. Yeah, but wouldn't you say that because of that, what McElmay done has done is more impressive because he's had less to work with, to be honest. He's had some talent. You know, Nick has had, you know, according to what you – you know, what service you look at, six, seven, eight – Hundred straight recruiting classes in the top, so yeah, but, uh, but you know, uh, McElwain has definitely yeah. had less of the caliber athlete. But he's had more guys that are were system guys. Yeah. Lane's had two one year guys. Yeah, that's, look, that's look true. what he's done with two one year guys. That's you know, true. Uh, that's true. but I mean, you really can't discount what Coach Mack did. I mean, two yeah. championships in three seasons. Um, you know, two thousand eight, we were in the we were in the hunt. We were number one team in the country. You know. Mm-hmm. Had it, had it in our hands, could have very well been three championships. So, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't mind conceding to Coach Mack, but I just feel, in my opinion, I, I just think what Lane's done and, and the look of our offense as opposed to what it was, I would say, even in 2012, uh, we're just such a – we're a fun team to watch, you know, as opposed – you know, and as well as an effective team, you know, on, on offense. So – I don't know. I, I I think what he's done has just been phenomenal with two one-year guys. Well, I mean, I definitely agree. You know, I'm, I'm glad he's here. You know, I said when we got him that I was very excited. Uh, I mentioned that on a previous uh, podcast. But, uh, you know, it was really close for me as well. Um, you know, you really – the problem with Lane is you don't know how much longer he's going to be here. True. If I were – if you were to tell me he would be here for another three or four years, you know, I, I could definitely agree with you. Um, I think we'll be in the playoff hunt again because of him. You know, he's phenomenal with the quarterbacks, um, like you mentioned. So I, I do think it was very close. So, you know, I, I can't begrudge you for, for picking Lane right, as well. Right, right, I, right. I, I do like Lane. So. Well, I mean, let's just uh, – I guess we can come to a consensus. We'll go with Coach Mack just on um, – the foundation that he had built. No love for Nuss. Uh, I mean, he's he's a you know you gotta give love for Nuss. He won a championship. You yeah, know, yeah. Um, you know, his second season was second uh, season was a little was a little rough. A little rough. Uh, Even though we could we, we could we, we yep. should have won a national we should have won a national championship. Yep. So um, it's another one of those situations where if if the balls bounce our way, you know, we're praising Coach Nuss and 
the way they bounced, you know, we had a couple of bad bounces uh, that year and, and falling flat uh, against Oklahoma really didn't help help his case either. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Okay, so we, we've hit the offensive coordinator. Um, are we ready for the players now? Yeah, I think okay. we are. All right. Um, you go ahead and go with your, with your QB. Um, uh, I don't know if there's going to be much of a disagreement yeah, here. Yeah, I, I, I think a lot of these we might have – uh, we might consent, con, be in consensus, uh, but uh, we'll just go ahead and say that AJ McCarron will be our all-saving QB, uh, unless you do have uh, an objection to that. I do not. I do not. Uh, <laughs> AJ, you know it's, you know, and you know that's to take nothing away from you know a couple of the other, you know the the last two quarterbacks we've had, the one-hit wonders, uh, they were. A very admirable in the role they filled. There were great stories. Uh, you know, I may say that I, I liked Blake. Blake may be my favorite quarterback mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of the Saban era. I see that. Uh, but um, you cannot, you know, mm-hmm. AJ, you know, three-year starter, uh, two national championships. You know, you Most know, all-time yards in Alabama history. Went to the Heisman most ceremony. Most TDs in Alabama history. Uh, second most passing yards in a season. Um, most passing TDs in a season. I mean, he has. Do you think he. Wins the Heisman if there was no kick oh, six. Oh, absolutely. You think so? Uh, I don't doubt in my mind. Wow. I think we. Wow. I think we beat Auburn because he had a Heisman moment in that game with that ninety-nine yard pass to Coop. Uh, if we somehow find a way to hold on, that's his Heisman moment. We probably go on to beat Missouri. Who knows what kind of moments we have in that game? Um, no question. With with the Jameis Winston rape uh, allegations that year. It, it would have been so easy for everyone to pick A.J., to hop on the A.J. bandwagon. I mean, he was, you know, all-American guy from Alabama, uh, you know, three-year starter, uh, four-year guy, five-year guy, really. I mean, I mean, he would have, he would have been a four-time national champion. I mean, a, a possible four-time national champion or playing for a four-time national championship. Uh, I think there's no question he would have been the Heisman if, if the kick six set doesn't happen. Okay, all right. So we both agree with AJ McCarron. I'll put a put a check mark there. <laughs> so let's go to running backs. Uh, we decided to take two running backs. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pick for mine. I'm going to pick Derrick Henry. Yes. <laughs> I want to yeah. take the the easy way yeah. out. Yes. Uh, Derek, let's just check that. Uh, I mean, what's to say he's had the single greatest season of an SEC running back? Uh, no doubt, the single best season for an Alabama running back. Yeah, uh, if you look at the record books, uh, he has. Let me just give him a stat sheet here. Um, he was a consensus All American, Doak Walker winner, Heisman, Maxwell, uh, Walter Camp Trophy. He's top four in. Total uh, yards from running back. He's tied for touchdowns with forty-two with in running backs. So I mean, I I, I just don't see how you cannot yeah. put Derrick yeah. Henry in there. the top yeah. two. He's got to be your your RB one, RB two, whatever, RB one A, RB one B. This it's it's phenomenal how out of nowhere it kind of came mm-hmm. because it was all about Nick Chubb and Leonard Fournette mm-hmm. as part of the, as far as the Heisman chalk was, mm-hmm. you know. And both the like you know, I mean, McCaffrey came out of nowhere, Deshaun Watson, but Derek certainly came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. He was the third third thought as far as SEC running backs, let alone the Heisman picture. I mean, forget about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, not. But it, just the, the season he had, it just looking back on it now, it just seems even more phenomenal. 
in the grand scheme of things of how out of nowhere it came. Because he really didn't really get going, it seemed like, you know, where you could think maybe he has a chance at this until after the Ole Miss game. It wasn't really until, you know, uh, it was the Georgia game where that where Nick Chubb pretty much got shut down and Derek, you know, did pretty well. You were like, he might have a shot, you know. And we talked about this before, how, you know, the circumstances really helped. You know, the injuries of Kenyon Drake, you know, the lack of depth at running back kind of contributed to. Our question uh, marks at quarterback. Question marks at quarterback, you know, kind of, you know, played a, a big part. You know, the opportunity was definitely there for, for Derek. So, uh, and, and he took advantage of it. Took advantage of it. Ran with it. <laughs> Ran with it. All right, so um, I will say that's a consensus for us. So we got our quarterback and our RB1. So for our next running back, I'm going to go with um, – it would be very easy to go with the other Heisman runner, winner running back from Alabama. But I'm going to go with uh, the guy that I thought could have won it in 2011, um, Mr. Trent Richardson. Mm. Um it's it's um people you know he he ran with Mark you know they were a tandem for a couple of years, but the year that Trent was the man twenty eleven was was a phenomenal season. Uh, he had so many great runs and he was so powerful. Um, you know, discount whatever happened in the NFL, whatever you want to say about that. The guy in twenty eleven, Trent Richardson was, was was transcendent. Uh, his he was strong, he was quick, he was agile, he he was fast. He could break away from guys, and that was one thing that Mark really didn't have is the breakaway speed. You know, he had everything else, but I think Trent had everything that Mark had plus the speed. And uh, put him and Derek in the same, you know, on the same team, uh, that's 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 uh, a well of a backfield. Yeah, I mean, if you talk about overall talent, you know, Trent may be the best running back we've Most had. Most all-purpose yards in a season. Uh, yeah, he's, I mean, he's. Second all-purpose all-time. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no doubt that he was a phenomenal talent, um, and, and and yeah, uh, I mean, he's a, he, he, I have him on here as as my third. Um, I decided to go with Mark. Uh, you know, again, you know, the kind of the, the Heisman uh, deal kind right, of maybe right. pushes him over the top for me. But you know, you, you know, you're. You couldn't find hairs here. You, you know they were both consensus All Americans. They were both SEC Offensive Players of the Year. Uh, I mean, they're both top top seven in uh, rushing yards. Uh, you know, they're both top you know top five or so in touchdowns. So I mean, there's really you know really nothing that, you know. And, you know, since you made the consensus to me last time, if if you want to go with Trent, we can definitely go with All right. uh, go with Trent. Um, I do think it's, it's and I have Mark as my third, you yeah. know, because and they were just they ran together for two years, and I think that you know Mark, yes, he has the Heisman, but I think Trent could do everything that Mark could plus the speed that to break. The away problem from is that. you have to kind of put the current NFL state out of your mind, mm-hmm. uh, even though you know it's hard to you know mm-hmm. we've obviously. I, you know, we feel terrible about how things have worked out with Trent. Right. You know, he recently signed with Baltimore, so hopefully he gets yep, another. He gets another chance. Another yeah. chance, but uh, you know, he's been you know, you know, not what he was in college, and so you know, I guess you know we'll ignore that because we're looking strictly at their Alabama yep. playing. Yep. That's, that's so. why I said the NFL aside. You know, yeah. when he was in college, you can't discount what he did, his body of work. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so we uh, got our QBs, and we got two running backs, so let's move on to the wideouts. The wideouts. Is it your turn to go first or my turn to go You're, first? Uh, my turn to go first. Okay. Um, first wide receiver, I think, is a – I don't know, I think a couple of these guys are going to be no-brainers, so let's just go with the first no-brainer, I think, is a Coop. Amari Cooper. Yeah. Um, the guy holds, you know, he had, had three great seasons uh, for Bama, and one of them he was actually injured. Uh, well, 2013. So, um, who knows how his, how much uh, more he, his numbers could have been without that injury? But I mean, his three seasons at Alabama were just you know remarkable. He took what Julio established and just kind of ran, you know, just extrapolated to 2.0. You know, uh, his freshman year he was so polished when he came out as a freshman. His routes, his speed. You know, he's so humble. He, he he had he had all the intangibles, you know. You knew he immediately he was going to play in the NFL. You know, it, it wasn't a matter of when or if it was when. Um, so I think Coop, we can both put him on there. I don't know. I don't want to speak for you, but uh. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm getting my my stats from SportsReference.com. It's a great site if you've never been to it. Uh, you can look up different sports and different teams, and you know, I'm looking at the Alabama receiving page. And they have this long list of receivers, and you see the all-time greats. You see Amari, you see DJ Hall, uh, you see uh, Jones, Ozzie Newsome. Uh, you know, you see you know all of the greats on on this list. Uh, you know, like Don Hudson, you, you, know, you see all the greats, um, and you can change the order of the list based on different stats. You click on the the stat heading, and it ranks it automatically mm-hmm. from top to bottom. And so when I I came to this list. Uh, it is it, automatically set for receptions, and Cooper's at the top of that. So I clicked receiving yards, <laughs> wanting to see who's at the top. Cooper was still up there. <laughs> I clicked touchdowns, wanting to see who's at the top. <laughs> Cooper's still up there too. So he, I mean, the fact that he leads this program in career touchdowns, yards, and receptions basically locks it up yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, and you know, on the side note, he was my favorite player of. The same generation, just to watch him progress, you know, from his his soft, from freshman to sophomore to junior, the explosion in his junior year. I mean, I could watch his highlights all day long. I mean the the game against Tennessee in twenty twelve. Uh, he just he has put on a show. I mean, Dave, Peyton Manning was front row center. Yes, uh, he, he was dumb, getting he was getting a, getting a street named after him or something. Yeah. And, uh, AJ was on fire, and Coop was had this one where he, one of his first ones where he jumped up in the air over the receiver and came down running with the ball and like ran a couple more yards before getting <laughs> tackled for like six three yard reception. And yeah, I mean his highlights. Uh, you know, he had that, had a catch like that in the SEC championship game against Georgia. Um, you know, he, he's and that was when he actually scored. Uh, the touchdown against uh, Notre Dame where he looked like he was running out of bounds and kind of just stopped gathered himself and just ran up the sidelines for the last five yards. It was just, he just had such poise and just such control over his body. But he, uh, you could see in his mind, like his work ethic and how hard he played out there. Yeah, um, yeah. It wasn't like he was cruising. It just looked so easy. He was just yeah. so smooth. Yeah, but you know how like hard he's not he using worked. a lot of effort, but that's just because he is, like you said, so smooth with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's really just not much, again, to say, you know, about Mari. You know, consensus, consensus All-American, Blitnikoff, 2014 SEC Player of the Year, third in the Heisman. Um, you know, he's he's got it all. Yep. Uh, for my pick, uh, 
you know, I really struggled with this. I really did. Um, our recency bias would have us pick Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just because, you know, he was our the first big recruit that got this thing rolling. You know, he was, you know, depending on who you ask, I think ESPN had him as the second overall player in uh in his year with 2008. Daquan Bowers was one. Who Daquan. knows where that dude is? Daquan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you know we got him, it really kind of set everything rolling for the rest of the program. You know, that 2008 class is considered kind of a, a turning point for Nick Saban. And you had that those big games that year with the with the blackout Georgia game and the Clemson game. There were some two huge games for the program. Um, and he's third in receiving yards, fifth in touchdowns, third in receptions. So it's, you know, and, and of course he's the be- one of the best receivers, if not the best in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So he's killing it right now. But I went back and looked. For one year, Nick had DJ Hall. DJ Hall <laughs> was a bad until, man. Until Amari came around, he owned the yes. record books for DJ Hall was a at, bad man. at Alabama. I mean, he is. I said Julio is third for receiving yards. DJ Hall second. Man, I said Julio is fifth in TDs. DJ Hall's third. You just altered my boat right now. You I said like, Julio is third in receptions. DJ Hall second. I mean, so, wow. Yes, the stats, the stats don't lie. And, and, and let's not forget, we're not discounting anyone on 2017. I mean, no, we, can, we, we can't. Cannot. We cannot because they um, played under. They Nick. played under Nick. And they were um, important for bridging the gap from. There the were some old guys. There were some not big names on those teams. Yeah, Andre Smith, Wallace Gilberry, Andre Smith. Uh, I mean, so there was, you know, yeah. yeah, there was a lot of good uh, names on those two teams, mm-hmm. 2007, 2008, mm-hmm. uh, that weren't necessarily his recruits, but were you know great players under yeah. him. So yeah. I can't. Ever be mad at you for ever wanting to put shine on DJ Hall? He was yeah, yeah. he was the man as far as Bama receivers were concerned until uh, Mari came along and kind of knocked knocked a lot of his records. Down. And a lot depends on our criteria. Are we saying Nick guys that he pulled in, or are we just no, saying played under Nick? Played under Nick. Okay, well, I, uh, this is tough because we, we got three we got three wide receivers now. Oh, we got three. Wide. Yeah, we got three slots. Oh, okay. I was wondering why you struggled so hard. Okay, I'm like, Julio, okay. does that make <laughs> your top three? I'm sorry. Ooh. Okay, well, DJ Hall is uh, my number two. Okay, so, I, I, and and um, let's put a pin on that one because I'm going to come back to my third because Julio is my second. Okay. Um. So would you would he be in your top three? Julio. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, he yeah, would be yeah, your yeah. three. Okay. Yeah. So I will say for my second will be Julio. So, um. And but let's just do a little shine on Julio. Um. You mentioned his records, and I would have to say that. If Julio had AJ and Blake throwing to him like Omari did, you would probably they would probably have. I think Julio would probably have a lot more uh, yards, touchdowns, and receptions because of how big he was in college. And you know he's a lot bigger now than he was in college, but he was a big dude in college. You know he shed people and just they would just slide off of him. He would just kind of look at him when they would slide to the ground off of him, kind of like. What are you doing? And also think about if he had Lane Kiffin calling yep. plays for him, that would have been a, a huge um, deal. So right I there. think uh, Julio, as, as as great as he was, I think he could have been a lot better. That 2009 season, he had, what, three touchdowns yeah. all year? Yeah, he was hurt. Um, he hurt. was hurt. And then, you know, Mac, McElroy struggled, um, had a little bit of a slump there. So our offense, you know, struggled in general mm-hmm. uh, in 2009. Uh, 
which is one thing, one thing I was kind of like, Lane never went through that, that kind of a, hasn't gone through that kind of a slump, uh, as far as I know, um, in his two years that McElwain did that year. But, uh, just imagine if Julio had the weapons around him now that uh, Coop did. He, I think he would have all the records. Yeah. Uh, just because of his size, he was just so much bigger when he was in college. I think he would have, you know, he would just been trucking guys. So um, he's my two, so you're third. Now, for my three, before you even threw the DJ Hall, um, just you just destroyed my universe with that. I mean, <laughs> Uh, my third, and I struggled with this, is who's the third guy that I would want on the field with Coop and Julio? And my third guy was Marquise Mays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, Marquise was – he was a utility guy. I mean, oh, yeah. he was he was great in the receiving game, but he was also really, really great in the return game for us mm-hmm. uh, after Javi left. Um, he – he, he was he was really dynamic. Uh, he's shifty guy. It was really he was kind of little, you know, undersized, but he was shifty, uh, and, he, and he had a lot of great games. Uh, Two thousand nine SEC championship game uh, was was you know he he was the guy. You know, Julio kind of struggled in that game, but uh, Marquise Mays, what he had like 73, 78 yards, like three four three four catches. Uh, so he was kind of the guy that kind of loosened things up for Mark in the backfield, uh, and uh, so I, I mean. Up until you said DJ Hall, I was you know convinced that I was gonna fight tooth and nail for Marquise Mays to be on there. But I mean that year, 2007, was a great year for DJ. So yeah, <sighs> I do see you what you're saying. You know, if you think about 2011, you know the, that's the year after Julio left. Mm-hmm. You know, we had to rely on Marquise Mays and Darius Hanks. You know, they were the go-to guys. So uh, Marquise definitely has a, a place in my heart. You know, maybe. We'll talk about him in a, in a couple of episodes, mm-hmm. uh, but in terms of just the overall talent, um, I, I mean, I just don't see how we can yeah, go with anyone yeah. but DJ Hall. All, right, all right, let's do it. Okay, let's put DJ in there. All right, excellent. All right, so we got our three wideouts. So let's move on to a position that might be a little tough to pin down: is the tight end. Okay. Um, I personally. Um, I thought it was a hard hard pick. I mean, well, I don't know about you. We don't use our tight ends yeah, offensively exactly. as much. So, you know, we also have to take the blocking into account as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely a tough position to rank. Um, but, um, and I mean, even now I'm still waffling. I'm like, oh, am I, I going to go ahead and put this on the record? Well, I know your hatred for Michael Williams runs deep. <laughs> I would say this. I call it hatred. I don't hate Michael Williams. Okay, he he had what one bad play that I was kind of like uh, the, the the LSU game. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, play, he was a weak ass bitch. Yeah, and he got the ball he ripped out play. of his hand. It's unexcusable. But um, I mean, he was what four year starter. He started as a freshman. I do remember. I don't know if he was you know, started the entire year, but you know he was more of a pass blocker. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the, the necessarily catching tight end, but he was more used on the line because he was great. He had great feet and he could block. He was a great blocker. Um, you know, he, he was basically a de facto sixth lineman. You know, you know, we had the five guy, you know, five offensive linemen, but you put Michael Williams on the end, he was basically a sixth tackle. You know, um, and then you know, I mean, so I mean, his longevity and his ability to block, and you know, he he did the intangibles. You know, I can't discount that. So I won't say I have a hatred for him. It's just that one play it was just kind of. Uh, it's one of the worst plays, you know, the one of the plays that they play over and over again. Yeah, uh, hate you hate to see. You just want to fast forward through. Yeah, he had one of those. So, 
Um, but personally, I would say as a tight end that one on the field um, would be Colin Peake. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was our most pro-style type uh, tight end. Mm-hmm. He was a big guy, um, mm-hmm. so he could block as well, but he was great out there in the pass game. He was tough. You know, he'd catch a pass and get knocked out, you know, get – he get hit sideways, but hold on to the ball. You know yep. that kind of tight end, yep. um, and that's the kind of guy you need uh, to, to catch passes and to be out there as a weapon, kind of to spread the field, to open the field up. And I think he had a lot of um, uh, catches. He was really utilized by McElwain in that sense. He would get in the gaps in the in the middle of the field, or he would you know get behind the defense, kind of uh, you know the whole flow throwback thing, and you know, against Florida SC championship game where the Offense was running one way, and he kind of snuck behind and ran back the other way. Oh, and yeah, I love that play. That was a great play, a great play call. Uh, so, yeah, I would, I would go with Colin Peake as my um, ideal uh, all-saving uh, tight end. Um, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. Um, it was kind of down between, uh, you know, depending on what you classify Smelly as, I guess maybe he'll be a, a fullback. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was Colin Peake uh, or Mike Williams. Um you know, Michael Williams had more, way more TDs. I think Peak had what three or four. Mm-hmm. Michael Williams had seven in, mm-hmm. in one season, um, or in his career. Uh, but yeah, I will agree with you there. Colin Peak, we'll put him on the list as our as our tight end. Cool. Okay. All right. So uh, let's move on to um, the last position in the backfield uh, before we get to the offensive line is mm-hmm. our fullback. Okay. And uh, with our way our, our offense runs. This is a very, very, very important position. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, a fullback can make or break uh, a save in the offense. <laughs> As we saw with uh, Michael Nicewander this last year, he was uh, a key for, for the success that the team had this year. Yes, he so. was. Absolutely. Highway 46. Mm-hmm. So, um, as uh, you lead, you take the lead on this one uh, for your all-save and fullback, what are your, uh, what's your nominee? Uh, well, maybe if Nicewander had been featured more than just this past year, he, he could have had some consideration. And like I said, Smelly was good for us for a while. Uh, but looking back, uh, in terms of impact of not just blocking but also carrying, it's got to be Justin Fowler. Nudie. It's got to be Big Nudie, Justin Fowler. Uh, you know, he was you know key for such a long period of time, and you know he had some injuries tied in there, you know, a big knee injury tied in there that he was able to come back from, and and he was huge for us. Um, you know, the last couple of years. Um, so I think I got to go with, with yeah. Justin Fowler. He was definitely so athletic. He, you know, he came in as a running back for us. You know, he, he got a few carries, had a, a couple of explosive runs, long touchdowns for us. So, and it, But he shift, seamlessly morphed into his role as the, as the fullback. Yep. And he was so so critical when he went down with 2013. Mm-hmm. When he, was it 2013 when he got hurt? Or what year did he get hurt? And it, it really hurt us, but I don't think it was detrimental. But it was it, it, it definitely changed the scheme of our offense. It might have been twenty twelve or. Well, he he uh, he was a rookie this year or last year. Last year was his rookie year, rookie season. No, yeah. no, wait. Last year was his last year with us. So yeah, this was his rookie year. Yeah, this was his so, rookie yeah. year. So he returned in you know two thousand fourteen fifteen. Um, I'll say I think it was uh, that two thousand. Thirteen year, yeah, yeah, and you know it, it was it was it was a big it was a big loss, and so he was just he was a great impact and, and a great loss when we missed him. So I definitely go with uh, Justin for a fullback. Okay, Justin's a fullback. All right, all right. Was, so let's get to the the big uglies. Big uglies. Yeah, offensive line. 
Oh, right. And uh, you know, we're just gonna go by position by position. Uh, this is tough to do because Nabin, uh, Nick Saban likes to shuffle a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see a lot of guys that you know, in particular, uh, for example, Barrett Jones shift, shifted around a lot. Mm-hmm. So um, I had a, tr- a lot of trouble with him. Uh, but um, let's go with your left tackle. Left tackle. Um... And that was one of the things that was, was troublesome for me because Barrett Jones played left tackle at one point in time, played center, played right guard. I mean, you want to get him placed in the line, but you don't want to take shine off the guys that were great at that that, that just played that position. Um, you know, he wasn't as big a name. You don't really remember him as much as you do your Quanjos um, or your, your Andre Smiths. But James Carpenter, you know, he, he, was, he was serviceable – Serviceable three-year starter at left tackle, uh, you know, very consistent. Really, you know, really got burned. Uh, you know, he was there. He was dependable. He's part of the, one of the best offensive lines we ever had in uh, 2011, 2012, um, or sorry, 2011. Uh, so, and he's been a great pro. Um, you know, but we don't. You know, we're not bringing that really into the. It was just really so solid. He's probably our most dependable left tackle. He wasn't. He didn't have as many lows as you did with saw with Cyrus. Um, or, you know, it didn't have the disgraceful ending that you had with Andre Smith. So that's why I would pick Carpenter. Okay, okay. Um, he made some, some real – and, again, he was such a high, highly ranked player. Um, when we got him, it was a huge – what's his name? Doofy. Doofy. Yeah, Shula. 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 Um, and then I thought uh, maybe we'll say Cam. Uh, but I, I have no uh, – Qualms. Actually, the main thing that just knocked Andre Smith off for me was the the, yeah, the way was... he ended up, you know, not really having him. We really could have used him that game. So okay. uh, it's all about finishing. So, yeah. All right. So let's go. Along the lines of what you thought about for the uh, left tackle, you know, part of that. Uh, it. Yeah, Chance Warmack, you know, again, he was, you know, you know, he had the feistiness and the attitude. And, you know, Dude's all over the place. Yeah, that He's, big dark belly yeah, hanging out. He was just. just he was a beast. It was he was just amazed and off put. Couldn't look uh, away. Could, yeah, you, you, you didn't want to look, but you couldn't look away. Uh, he was good for us for a long time as well. But I went ahead with Chance for the left tackle. Yeah, I, I picked Chance as well, so okay. we can check that one off. All right, center is a tough position. Uh, center was hard. Um, that really didn't play that long under Saban, but had a really big impact under Saban. Um, two, there's no question about it. Yeah. Um, he was one of what three seniors on the team mm-hmm. that year, and. I mean, there's no question the saving teams, and we always look back to that 2018 uh, where they were able to just blow, blow out, exercising a lot of demons, ending the streak against Auburn. Um, Andre Caldwell was a lot of really pain from the, the regime before. It would have been really easy for him to just been like, you know, pouting or I don't like the way this guy's doing things, you know, way in order for the team to move forward. But he didn't He didn't do that at all. He was, uh, was on that 2018. And uh, so I definitely had trouble not putting him as the center, a big Ryan Kelly. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. His, 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 um, he was, he was always so solid, but really remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember thinking in 2013, not think, not really want knowing if he, you know, he got hurt, and so, and he was kind of questioning about it. But I think he came back the next year, and it was the line. And uh, this year, I think he, he was. Um, he was the strength of the offensive line once again. Two years. Yeah, Ryan Kelly is, is the guy. Uh, by the way, on a side note, uh, 2012 was the year. Um, for right guard, um, you know, you could have gone with Anthony Stein, and, yep. he, and he moved around so much. So I figured this was a great gosh, spot for gosh, him. Darn it. <laughs> I figured that was Woo. a good spot. Again, you know, there's no 
understanding how valuable uh, Barry Jones was. You know, he was just you know in his best position. Yeah, Outland, on the Outland Trophy, Outland Trophy winner. So uh, I'm going to give Barry Jones as my reaction. No brainer. You know, he, he was three time three year starter. But I'll save an offensive line. There's no way. No, and since he did play that position two years mm-hmm. in a row. Okay. So this brings us to our last position. Right tackle. Right tackle. And uh, it's got to be DJ Fluke. Fluke. God, that, that 2012 <laughs> year, he was just – I think it was Sean Williams that talked about how that game, it was just – it was how physical the Alabama offensive line was. And how DJ Fluker just kept telling them, "We're about to run it at you. We're running. We're coming for you." And they knew it was coming, but they couldn't stop it. I can't remember what game it was. I think it was maybe LSU or something that year where he got upset with the team with the way they were running the it ball. Was, it was the Georgia game. Oh, it was the Georgia game. Yeah, because okay. he started yelling. Yeah, he started and then up and down right yelling. after that, TJ yeah. busted up the middle for like twenty-two yards, yeah. and it was. And I mean, we literally ran over Georgia after that moment. Yeah, we did. We did. Uh, yeah, I told, I've mentioned before, I like my offensive alignment with kind of a mean streak, oh, yeah. kind of an attitude. Yeah. And uh, Fluker defined that. You know, he, he had that, that edge and that, and he was a vocal leader of, of, of offensive line. He wasn't afraid to, to get up in your face and say, hey, you're not doing your job. Buckle it up. Strap it on, get together, and let's push these dudes. I mean, he's back. he's yelling at guys like Chance Warmack. He's yelling at Barrett Jones. Yeah. I mean, this is the guys that he's yelling at. You know what I mean? And so. He never, he never was one to not shy away from uh, from letting his team know when they needed to pick it up. No doubt, no doubt about that. <laughs> so yeah, Fluker is a way, great way to round the team off. Uh, so uh, I guess we should do a little recap here. Um, okay. Um, so for our QB, we have AJ McCarron. Mm-hmm. For our running backs, we have uh, Derrick Henry and Trent Richardson. Yes. For our wide receivers, we have Amari Cooper, Julio Jones. And DJ and Hall coming DJ back Hall, in in the Hall, end. Back from the past. I know some of y'all forgot who he was. D-hoo? Go look at the record DJ books. Hall. I was shocked myself, yes. but go check them out. Yes. Uh, for a tight end, we have Colin Peak. Yep. Uh, for a fullback, we have Jousted Nudie Fowler. Yes, we do. Uh, left tackle, we have James Carpenter. Uh, left guard, we have Chance Warmack. Um, center, we have um, Ryan Kelly. Ryan Kelly. Um, at right guard, we have DJ Barry Jones. Barrett Jones, and then at right tackle, we have DJ Fluker. Yep. Right. So that's our all saving offense. Uh-huh. Uh, um, we each have a few guys that we want to give our honorable mentions to. You know, give some shine to guys that we feel like aren't second string guys. You know, by any means, but it was just so hard they just missed out on the cut. Uh-huh. Um, my first one that I would like to. Give shine to would be uh, Greg McElroy, the mm-hmm. QB from uh, mm-hmm. 2009-2010. Mm-hmm. Um, and that 2010 season, it, it, it was very disappointing for a lot of reasons. But if you go back and you look at the grand scheme of things, McElroy g- improved greatly in his ability to get Julio Jones the ball between 2009-2010. And you can tell they actually actually really worked on it. Um, his rapport with Julio, his chemistry really improved. But, I mean, to lead a team to a championship is, you know, it's nothing to scoff at. And, um, you know, John Parker wasn't able to do it. Blake wasn't able to do it. But, you know, Mac was when he was here. So I got to give him some shine. How about you? Um, is, we're just going back and forth? or Oh, man, I guess I'll, um, I'm I'll go with my, um, okay. my next one would be um, running back Mark Ingram. Um, you know, Heisman Trophy winner, obviously, has got to be mentioned as, you know, 
in the all saving offense. Um, if he's not going to be on the first team, he's got to be in the honorable mention pile. Um, wide receivers. Uh, I originally had Kevin Norwood here, um, but I guess I'll have to put Marquise Mays here because he got bumped out of my third spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would just give shine to both those guys. They were great uh, other guys, you know, the other guy. Um, you know, Coop had Norwood on the other side. We wouldn't win. We don't win 2012 LSU if we don't have Kevin Norwood. We don't win 2011 LSU if we don't have Kevin Norwood. The game that kind of, you know, broke him out of his shell when he uh, was just jumping over the honey badger and just making him look like <laughs> he was just making him look like a stepchild. But um, but Mays also, you know, he was a great return guy and he was a great receiver. So I would give shine to him. Um, so and my final player as my honorable mention would be uh, William Vallejos. Uh he uh, he was a three year guy, you know, another three year starter, um, and he he took the mantle from Caldwell, and there was no drop off. You know, it could have been very easy for him to have fallen off, and you know, uh, but he was kind of fit right in there, and to have uh, you know the block for a Heisman Trophy winner um, after you know taking over for a consensus All American is pretty it's pretty special. So I like to give Vallejo's a little love. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely have. I actually had uh, Vallejo's written down here, so you kind of stole that from him. We'll scratch him off right now. <laughs> um, so a few of the guys I have. Um, I definitely thought about Greg McElroy. Um, you know, he uh, tried for us for a few years and uh, won a national champion, like you said. But since you said him, I'm going to say Blake Sims. Uh, Blake Sims, uh, you know, he, you know, again, like I said, he's my favorite, probably my favorite quarterback of this era. He stepped up huge for us last year. Um, you know, he did things I never thought he would be able to do. Uh, you know, as as a running back, you know, as a mainly as kind of an option quarterback uh, early on, he came through and just had you know probably the best statistical season out of them quarterbacks ever had. Yep. So I got to give some love to Blake Sims uh, for running back. You know how I feel about Mark. You know, I had him in my top two, um, but since you've already said him. I will go ahead and move on to T.J. Yeldon. Um, you know, T.J. Yeldon, you know, from day one, getting him from Auburn, you know, getting him flipped from Auburn. Uh, you know, he's he's been, you know, we maybe we're still too close to it, to, you know, and to think about the fumbles and things like that. Uh, but T.J. Yeldon was a great player for us. I mean, if you think about the yardage and the touchdown, um, you know, he's pretty much top five in uh, – in everything, in all uh, major stats, uh, so I gotta, you know, give T.J. Yeldon, uh, you know, you know, some some play, um, and then I don't know if it's too early to do this, but I gotta say Calvin Ridley. Hmm. Uh, Calvin, you know, he it's it's early, but you know, he's on that track. Yeah. You know, he he. He gonna be up at the top, near the top, when it's all said and done. He's he's doing some things, you know. Young Calvin, and you know, he was real. Rock. He didn't even start every game this year. I think what he he missed. He didn't start the first two or three games, maybe the first three games, um, um, while Robert Foster was playing well. He had a very similar rise that uh, uh, Cooper had. Yeah, yeah. Um, injuries and circumstance played a lot into his mm-hmm. um, his meteoric rise, but. He took advantage of that, mm-hmm. and he stepped up huge for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he that kind of leads me into the the one the question that I wanted to end the night with: um, Who do you think on this year's roster has a chance to knock off 
one of these guys on our all saving team or to make it onto our all but saving team? I mean, you've already you mentioned Ridley, but as far as the offense, are there any other guys that you think have a chance um, by the end of next year to be considered um, an all-time great at their position? Um, I definitely think O.J. Howard has that capability. Um, you know, I, you know, I thought about him. You know, with, mm-hmm. with, with this discussion already mm-hmm. when I was looking mm-hmm. at the tight ends. You know, just his offensive capabilities can be something that we haven't seen since Ozzie Newsom. You know, everybody's wanted to compare him to Ozzie Newsom since he's been here, and I think he can finally live up to that, to that uh, billing if we give him the give him the damn ball. I agree. Um, I think we will. I think we'll make a concerted effort to do that. Yeah, so um, I definitely think he can be up there. I agree with you with O.J. For me, um, is Cam Robinson. Oh, yeah. Um, I think we saw how he- or the healthy- what a healthy Cam can do yeah. uh, the last few games of this year where he was pushing guys 15 yards down the field like he was doing a sled drill. Getting up on his high horse. Um, you know, we were a lot of people were frustrated with his performance early in the year, but when a guy that size is hurt, when all his wheel, when both his wheels aren't, uh, you know, running on full capability, it's, it's kind of hard to expect for him to be, you know, at 100%. Um, a lot of offensive line is being able to be quick with your feet. So, if you know, his ankle, I think it was his problem, uh, a lot of his problems. So, once that healed up, I think you saw how explosive and quick Cam is and how strong he is, you know. Mm-hmm. He's holding his box. He's pushing guys down the field. So, I think by the end of next year, I think, you know, um, he could be that next lot left tackle, you know, yeah, yeah. as steady as James Carpenter was. He's not as nearly as explosive as Cam is. And if Cam can stay healthy next year, you know, I think he has a chance. I agree. Uh, yeah, there's just no reason to see why he won't be, you know, that guy, you know, the next Alabama, uh, you know, you know, left tackle, first round pick. Yep. You know, yeah, I really think that he can, uh, he can be that guy when it's all said and done. Well, so, um, I guess that will sum it up there uh, for us. Um, we pretty much went through everything detailed, and we were able to come through to an agreement on all the positions. We uh, stated our our cases and, and gave our nominees, but I think I really feel good about our list. And I mean, you can't argue with any of these guys. I mean, we love them all. You know, they've been they're Bama greats. You know, you know, so they're always going to have a great place in our heart. So, um, but I do feel good about the list that we did come to um i i do too i think you know again there's been so many great players these last few years it's hard to to figure out who you want to put where but um i'm very happy with this i'm very uh pleased with it all right right, so uh next time uh, we will be discussing our all saving defense and special teams and as great as our defensive have been this is going to be quite that's going to be a juicy juicy episode so should be should be a blast all right so uh until next time um, this is Robert and Shari uh, for Alabama uh, Junkies Football Podcast saying roll tide. Roll tide. <laughs> <laughs>